0: Well, this month, we've been talking about church builders, and uh, Pastor Peter spoke the last two weeks, and he was uh, using uh, the Israelites uh, when Moses brought the Israelites out of slavery and about how the the Lord had to use that time in the desert to get the Egypt out of the Israelites. No, just not the Israelites out of Egypt, but he had to get them out them out of it, and I've told him, I said, well, I'm gonna speak about uh, Nehemiah, but guess what? We're going back to the desert with Joshua. It's just such a great, great uh, story with so many uh, examples of how to build, how, how to uh, take the promises of God, because it was called the Promised Land, and I'm not gonna spend a lot of time in the scriptures because it's a well-known story. I'm gonna refer to it because I only have so much time to get these points across. So I'm gonna to try to use my time as wisely as I can. So in dealing with um, <clears throat> this story, what we see is that God has, God has challenges. He gives us challenges and then we have to have a choice. God doesn't make us do anything. And here's the deal. Here's the, the little secret about these challenges. It doesn't say in the Bible, that God's going to give you a challenge. What it does, it does say that God gives us promises. But when you see a promise, you need to recognize that a promise is, is this promise from God, like the promised land. But when it's time to cross that river, the River Jordan, to go into the land, the promise comes with a challenge. And that's the problem. You see, we, think, we used to see this, uh, you, know, uh, you know, little Jesus promise book, and when I read this, back in the 70s, everyone had a little Jesus promise book. You know, you put it in your back pocket, you know, said, say, hey, listen, I'm gonna pull it, pick it, and pop it. You know, I'm gonna prove it, too. You know, I got my Jesus, but I read through the whole scriptures, instead of just being one line, I would go to my Bible and say, oh, that is a promise that Jesus gave. And then the next line or two, there's the challenge. To get this promise, there's this challenge. So I thought to myself, wait a minute. What's free in the Bible? Of course what's free in the Bible. Salvation's free. What into Jesus? What it cost him? And even if you look at us, it says, listen, Jesus paid the price for our atonement and it's for your salvation, but you have to abide. So is it really free? I have to abide. How about the Holy Spirit? The gifts of the Holy Spirit. Oh, it says gifts, it's free. But it tells you that you have to receive because I know there's a lot of people walking this faith and they don't realize that they have the Holy Spirit. They have the Holy Spirit, because you can't be saved without him, but they haven't received the gifts. You just don't, it's not just like, oh, here's a present, do whatever you want to with it. You have a responsibility. And there's too much of the church that just thinks, oh, I've got this promise, I have these promises, I I want all these promises. Those promises are gonna come with a challenge. So the Israelites, what happened to them? They were given the promised land. They, going, oh, they heard about it. They heard Moses talk about the promised land that God gave him a promise and you're gonna to go to it. They got to see Moses do all the plagues so that they got to be set free. They're going through the desert. The Red Sea opens up. They get manna on the ground. They get tired of manna. They get quail. They don't have any water. He hits a rock, water comes out of it. I mean, miracle after miracle after miracle. 40 days, 40 days, they walk through the desert, they get to the promised land. 40 days ago, they were slaves. Now they're free men, they've seen miracles, and they stand at the river. And Moses says, we're here. This is it. I'm just gonna be sure this is it. I want 12 men Go in, take a look at it, and just report back to me what you see. No problem. The 12 go in, 40 days. They come out. Look at the size of this pomegranate. And the, it, I mean, they brought back fruit, and they go, in, it's just like you described it, Moses. It's just that way. But. Wow. There was a butt in there. You see, they were asked to go and find out, you know, the mountains, the valleys, the fruits, tell us all of that. And they came back, and then they volunteered some other stuff. They volunteered their fear. Like, uh uh-oh. And it caused all kinds of problems. So that's where we're at, is that, These men saw incredible miracle after miracle and they were asked to just bring the facts back because you know what, here's some facts. God, you, 40 days ago, you were slaves and you're free men and women today. 40 days ago, you had no no chance of a promised land, promises that God's given you and here it is right in front of you. Now go and see if this word is not true. All the things that we've said, a miracle's true, miracles are true. We'll go see if this land is flowing with milk and honey. They come back. It's true, but it's full of the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, and they all had termites. (laughs) It was all these ites were in the land. But we have ites. There's ites everywhere, and they're big. They're They, some of them, are related to Anak, the giant. (laughs) We can't do this. Now, there's a process that goes along with this. You see, there's a set of eyes that you have to have. This is all coming from Numbers. You see, you can live your entire life and God is good to you, and he gives good gifts, but this statement is where we wanna go. He says, you never have trusted, attested God's resources. Now see, we can test his resources. He's a giver of good gifts, but you've never tested his resources until you've attempted the impossible. You You can live your life as a Christian and never go for the impossible. Because you walk, you know what, the, the Bible says the only way we can pr- please God in Hebrews, the only way you can please God is to live by faith. But here's our problem, every day, you go to work, you drive your car, who, I mean, who really gets in their car and going, Father, today I'm gonna drive by faith, you know. Now, if you, live, if you go to work by I-4, you live by faith, all right. <laughs> But other than that, we just jump in the car and we're gone. You know, you're raising your kids. You go to work. Who needs to live by faith in that crappy job that you have? You know? Yet it says you cannot please God unless you live by faith. And that means all those things. That somewhere we have to believe God, that there's an answer. something he's trying to show us that we need to show someone that we have to even at work, even at the, the, the most mind-numbing task, there needs to be some type of faith involved there. But we get into the habit where that's not on our mind, and so that when we do, you're living your life, and all of a sudden, whatever your promise is, you come up to that river, and God says, there it is! and they're the Amalekites, and there's responsibility, and I have to take it? Do you know I could get hurt? I could get killed doing this. I could get ridiculed. I could fail, and we start coming up with what we have been living by, and that's by sight. See, we've not made a habit of living by faith. We've made a habit of living by sight. So if there's any promise that God has given you, and you've been living by sight. And you come up to the river and says, there it is. You know, I've been here before. Oh, I've tried that before. I... And we're walking by sight and not by faith. We're living by what we've experienced. We're giving ourselves an excuse to walk away, but I'm here to tell you that I cannot find a promise that doesn't come with a challenge at the end. There's a challenge. People come in and say, you know, uh, they come in for marriage counseling, they come in for business counseling, personal problems, and you know what, they get the counseling, and it's all good, and then they come up to, they get their answer, do this, change that, talk this way, see yourself over here. You come right up, you're in the river, And all they have to do is walk in that, cross that river. And some people have to repent and your marriage will be better. Some have to change their language. You know, people are going to treat you differently, better. And it comes right to that moment for you to cross the river into the promised land, but it all has to do with you taking the challenge and changing. And you're going, I've been here before. It didn't work last time well, you don't know my wife. Oh, no, I, my husband will take advantage of me here. And you start walking in sight. You don't cross the river. You don't take the challenge. I don't want to fail. Those are eyes of fear. There's too many in the faith that do that. Going, I don't want to fail again. It will kill me. You're walking by sight. So do you have eyes of fear or eyes of faith? Can you figure out which one is which? You know, when, when you're walking with a spirit of fear, you may not know that, but that's how people see you. They see the panic in your faith. They see that your faith is panicked. They know there's the slightest little pressure and you're going to crumble. And so does every other spirit that walks this earth that wants to attack you. In the spiritual realm and in the physical realm, there are men and women out there that see those eyes and they go, I can take advantage of this. There's demonic spirits out there that just want to trouble you going, boy, this was going to be easy. Because it wants people of faith that are going to crumble Our goal today is to recognize what eyes we have and how maybe we've seen miracle after miracle. And yet when we come to the river, to our promise, I can't fail again. I'm not going to do this again. So what I'd like for you to do with me is if that has any... We're near your world. I want you to join with me and say, not this time, Mark. Okay? The promise that God's given you or he's about to give you some more, we're going to say, not this time, Mark. I'm Mark, by the way. Okay? (laughs) Whoever wants to say it with me, I mean, say it with some energy. Let's all do it together. You ready? One, two, three. Not Not this time, Mark. We're not going to have the eyes of fear and walk away from God's promise to us. Everyone thinks, and, oh gosh, something took too long today. Cut a song out. All right, it's too late now. You see, people think promises is like a bag of candy. It's, it's Easter, oh, you get a bag of candy. There's a responsibility that's coming with a bag of candy. And if, we're not, if we don't realize that, you got to watch what promises you're grabbing hold of. And if God says, no, this is the promise that I want for you, you need to figure out, do I have the character that I need to take hold of this promise and take the land? To take the land. It is not going to be a little present and you can just put it on a shelf. You have to take to, atta- to attain it It's there To attain All right Well Years ago We got the opportunity to buy this building And guess what it was Just year 2000 or something And we did it Somehow we got a loan And we did it We had to pay it off and a bunch of young people, a bunch of people who've got the, you know, they're, they're just starting out in their career, all got together and said, you know what we're going to do? It. We're going to pledge. You want to do it? And guess what? We paid it off." Yes. I mean, it's paid off. Someone gave, offered us $2 million to buy this building, tear it down and put up something. Hmm. It's paid off. So the third service, I doubt there's too many people in there that are part of that. You know what? Now that those people, those young people years ago that did that, we're not so young anymore. <laughs> 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 I don't want them to inherit this. I want them to realize, and I want us to realize, you're an adult, and God wants you to own it. Amen. God wants you to own it. The next thing that he does here, don't think I'm going to inherit it because I've just come along. No, you need to own it, which means there's coming a challenge and we accept that challenge. Just like your your marriage, your job, your, your spiritual life. So do we have eyes of fear or eyes of faith? When you, if you tithe, like, oh, Lord, come through. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, Lord. Don't do it. Just keep it. Honestly. Just keep it. You can be questioning. You can be like, Father, I'm doing this in faith. But don't do it in fear. You can, you can question your faith, but don't, don't do it. I, something's just ready to jump on you. Just jump on you. You're going to hear things that, you, that have not been said by any... Godly spirit, so we got the ten spies. Well, when the ten spies came back and they did the butt, you need to know that they made God as helpless as man. They saw miracle, 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 supernatural miracle, miracle, miracle. Go stand there, there's your land, it's exactly as I described it, but you're gonna have to do something. Oh no, we can't do this, we're, but we're ants compared to them. They immediately made God. Doesn't matter how true it was. You know, it was amazing, they said, yeah, it's got this, it's got this, it's got this. They did not, the spies did not mention God in their description of all this, only their fear. Well, eyes of fear. There's a couple things that the eyes of fear will do. And, and here's what happened to the people. They come back, eyes of fear. They underestimated what God could do. You see, soon as you have fear in your life, you forget how faithful God has been. Fear takes you over. It says you are, what's the old term? You're gripped with fear. And that's the reason it's saying same because once fear grabs you, it is, it is a grab. It is just about impossible for someone, I don't know if you've ever seen anyone having a panic attack. You don't stop it. You've got to go through it. You give them the bag and let them breathe in the bag. It, they have, they've been grabbed by fear. That's what's so bad about fear. And here's what fear will produce. When people, if you know someone who is just angry just over the thing, there's fear hooked to that because anger makes them strong. The one thing that will get somebody out of fear is just get so flipping angry. I remember I, I was, I just, uh, you know, I thought I was a big guy and just graduated high school, football scholarship, and, and I'm in my German sports car, I'm going down the street, and it's a Volkswagen bug. Uh, <laughs> you have the right image, you know, it's like, hey, it's a, is it, where was it made? Thank you. It shift, had a clutch. It was a German sports car. All right. Powder blue. So, <laughs> so I'm going down the road, and all of a sudden, the car's coming this way, and this can of something comes out and <laughs> hits the hood of my sports car. It, and I, I immediately knew it was a beer. And I just... <laughs> If you pull up that handle, you go, the back of the race. And, I'm, and so the guy driving the car, I just, he sees me and he speeds up. But I've got a sports car. So I come up and I'm behind him. And all of a sudden that car stops. And I pull in front and get out of the car. I go, all right, see, there's a scratch on my car. As one guy gets out. Hey, dude. Yeah, they had really long hair. <laughs> hey, dude. Man, I don't know dude, I was just driving. And then another guy got out. and goes, hey, man, it wasn't me. And then another guy got out. and goes, hey, really sorry. I think it was the other guy, uh, one of the other two guys in the car. I'm going, okay, I'm going to let you guys off this time. <laughs> there were five guys in the car. They were all my size. I'm like, whoa, I... But they they were intimidated cuz I was so flipping mad. And I probably would have tried if I but I all of a sudden my my senses came back. <laughs> <laughs> this time <laughs> anger is some of our best friends if you're a fearful person. control, you got to have control because you're not allowed someone to drag you back to what you, you experienced. Those eyes of fear. Some of the most controlling people you'll ever meet is born out of fear, hurt, anger. Under fear, you underestimate God because you've gripped. Discouragement. Soon as the spies came out that night, all the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. It was their promise to have, but they made the wrong decision. And now they're discouraged. Who walks in discouragement? Do you walk in discouragement often? It's because of the decision that you made because fear has gripped you. Now there's an answer. So don't be afraid to say, I recognize some of these things in my life or my child's life or my husband's life. These guys, 40 days Ago they were slaves. They were given their freedom. Now hear me. They were given their freedom 40 days ago, but they didn't know how to walk in freedom. They couldn't make a choice and take on the responsibility because their slave masters always had the took the responsibility and they took the profit too. It was time for them to know that God was for them, they saw the miracles, and they needed to stand up and make a decision and take on responsibility as a free man and woman, and they didn't do it. And they said, it'd been better if we just go back to Egypt or die in the desert. And that discouragement, when it hits you, you prophesy to yourself. Yeah, you're being pretty spiritual. You just prophesied to yourself. I'd rather die in the desert than do this. Dying as a free man, trying to accomplish the challenge that God gave me through a promise. I'd rather die in the desert. So God said, you know what? That's what they want. They got it for 40 years until everyone had died. You say, well, I'd never do that. Have you ever been in a bad relationship and said, I'll never love again? I'll never give my heart to anyone like that. I'll never be that open. I'll never be that vulnerable. I want you to know you have prophesied to yourself and you will not unless we recognize and repent. Say, Lord, I renounce that. You wonder why I just can't seem to give myself to anyone. You've prophesied. You could have been a child. And your brother locked you in a closet. My brother tied me to the bunk beds. <laughs> and left. He was eight years older than I was. Okay. I just had to wait till I was 18 and I pounded the crap out of him. <laughs> I was seven. I remembered it. I remember playing with my building blocks. I loved to build. And I wrote on the little archway, depot. My sister, who was seven years older than me, came in and laughed. She goes, depot? I, I spelled it correctly. But she so laughed she, and went out in the living room and made a joke out of it. To this day, When I spell something, I second-guess myself. To this day, I'm gonna be 61. So don't tell me these things don't have an effect on us. I renounce it. I renounce that spirit. It says that I feel that hurt tied to that bit. I cried myself asleep till my dad found me. Hours later. Don't tell me that doesn't affect us. Don't tell me that some of the fights I get in with my wife isn't really something that I'm fearful from back then. Because something she said made me feel like that. I'm not mad at her, I'm mad at that. There's nothing I can do with her to fix that. Eyes of fear. Eyes of fear will do that. Once you're discouraged, guess what? You're not going to accept the blame. You couldn't take the responsibility to go into the land across the river. Well, in discouragement, you're not going to take the blame, so you're going to blame someone else. Discouragement. Now, here's the good part. The eyes of faith, and it's just, it's not that difficult. It's not that difficult. It's, It's a change in what... Is in your heart, your spirit. See, because when you have the discontentment, everything is wrong and it's someone's fault. But eyes of faith, in verse 30, we see that Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. We can do it. It gives you courage. It gives you confidence. And and this is that Joshua spirit. Can something go wrong? Yes. But remember that time your brother tied you to the post, your your sister ridiculed you? I can take it. I can climb that mountain. All these presentations. Look, I spell in front of y'all every week. And when I misspell something, it, Crystal is mortified. Dr. Crystal is mortified. She goes, you misspelled that word, there's wrong punctuation. I go, so what? I said, here's the sad thing. Two-thirds of the crowd didn't notice it. <laughs> I could give in to it and you'd see eyes of fear every time I put something up here I still fight it but I've taken I can take that mountain Amen. I can take it so oh now I think the only person that bothers is Gabe if I misspell something <laughs> he can spell it in four languages so <laughs> and punctuate it So that just kind of makes me mad <laughs> Eyes of faith. It doesn't mean you're not going to fail. It doesn't mean you're going to misspell something. I have a faith because I can overcome that which I even mess up. I'm not going to be drugged back to being seven. I'm not going to allow that to keep me from being in love. I'm not going to allow that to keep me from being successful. I can take it this is my promise, and I take the responsibility that comes with it. Now here's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jettison along because of time. <clears throat> Eyes of faith gives you the promise. It says that only, only Caleb and Joshua was of that generation. Everyone had to die in the desert. But with that spirit, it gives you the promise. There's promises throughout the scriptures. There's promises that are given to each one of us for the situation that you're in. Here is a, a, just a great flowing down point. If you have a promise or you're gonna, you're looking, you get in the scriptures and you grab a promise. Do you have the character that you need for when the challenge comes to walk through the river? You see, you might be deeply in love with someone and you say, you know, God's promised me this beautiful person, but do you have the character that it's going to take to live with that person? Do you have the responsibility, the ability to carry the responsibility to taking care of that? Be responsible for your part. The challenge is going to come to any promise Do you have the character to take it on? If not, it's gonna be disastrous. You're gonna walk away from it. Well, I don't who who can do that? I'm gonna fail again. Do you want the God's promise? And let me tell you, God's promise, it's not a bag of candy. God of all creation said I'm gonna give you a promise. That's not licorice, that's not a sweetie. That promise is gonna change lives, it's gonna change your life, it's gonna change families, it's gonna change communities. He's giving you a promise to do something. It is going to affect everyone not just so you can sit at home and have some butterscotch drops. And see, we've made promises look like butterscotch drops or the peeps. A promise is a huge, huge responsibility and we've got to be sure that we know what the challenge is going to be. If we claim this promise, you better get ready for the challenge. Don't just drift, just don't drift. I'm just waiting till the promise comes. When that promise comes, it is going to look so huge. It's an Amalekite. It's a Hittite. It is a wall that you can't see falling down like Jericho, but it, they didn't have to do anything. They just had to do what God said, and it fell. Wow. Here's a question we have for small groups Small group questions. What are you trusting God for? What promises have been given to you? What do you think the challenge is? Because if someone gives you know you, a promise for your marriage and a promise for your marriage, the challenge is going to be different because you're two different people. There's things that you have to overcome. Can you face it? And so in that challenge, I have to grow in this area. I have to get tougher in that area. I have to know what the, what the haunts are in my past so that I can get, I I'm not gonna hide them. I'm not gonna hide them. You, you hide something from your past, it's got you because somebody knows about it. And they're gonna, oh, I can't be around that person anymore. They might tell the secret. Man. You want Jesus' cross to be big? Tell everybody what a jerk you were and what you did. And the cross comes along, and that, that's what makes the power of the cross. That's the power of the cross. It's because that's not me anymore, and it, don't, it doesn't own me. It doesn't own me. The cross owns, owned me now, and that's taken care of. You want a jerk? <laughs> this is, on the other side of that cross, this was a jerk. I'm not too nice now, but I'm better. <laughs> At least forgiven. <laughs> what are you trusting God for today that only He can do? That's reaching in to the miraculous resources. I hope that some of you got that Ooh at some point, at some word, it's a reference to something. Because we all are there. The answer is, what are you gonna do with it now? But you know that we're all in the same boat, we've all had the same experiences, the way they, I mean it's different experiences but they affect us. We're all affected. Some of us need to ask the Lord to forgive us. But remember how I tricked you in the beginning and you said never again? You're responsible now. You're responsible for the promise that God's given you in all these different areas that you got to get ready for the challenge. You're going, where's the promise? Why hasn't the promise come? Why hasn't the promise come? You're not ready for the challenge. You'll just be discouraged if God presented you the promise you had to make a choice. And even if you say you go and get it, you don't have the character to, to stay there. So let's stand and let me pray. There's a lot of us who need to make some (laughs) chilling decisions. What's my promise? Am I building a character to be able to hold it? Do I have a reputation? that people will respect if I take hold of it. Wow. Do you have the wrong promise or do you have the wrong character? (laughs) They gotta match up. What in the back of your life is screwing up your present? What are you hiding that keeps sticking its head up Messing everything up. Why am I angry? Why am I afraid? Why do I have so much fear? Why do I have to take control? What's that fear back there? You may not even be conscious of it. But stop being slaves like the Israelites. Had to wait a whole other generation for someone to take responsibility. Have eyes of faith. We can take it. Father, I'm just asking by your spirit. The men and women in here, we don't want to walk out of the river backwards. We want to go forward into the land to the promise that you've given us. Lord, our past only speaks to how great your cross is. So the worse my past was, the more I testify the wonderful cross provided by your son. That's the power of the cross is what it's done to change me. Lord, we wanna, as your spirit reveals to us, we wanna go back and touch those areas that people out of just silliness or even purpose have caused us to fear. It's caused us to walk by sight today, to walk in our own power. Lord, a healing is going to come only by you. Reveal that to us. Reveal that that spike in our program. Father, bring the right people into our life to help us remove, remove that program that keeps messing up everything we're doing. Only by your power, Father. Only by your power. Father, we recognize we cannot do it without you and you won't do it without us. We can't do it without you and you won't do it without us. Bring us into that relationship. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. And can we get a shout for the Lord? Come on. Yeah. Everybody, have a great day. Woo!